0: Welcome to the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and sitting with me on the couch to my left is my co-host, the Prince of Pixels, Nick Wright, and today we're going to be talking about 15 of our favorite game shows. So, Nick, here we are. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a chance to record. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whenever uh, we, we get together to record, we, we have like a little brainstorming sesh on what topic we want to do. And, you know, with this particular topic, it just came to me. Like, why I, haven't we done this before? I, I know, And right? We've done like games. We've, we've talked about like numerous different consoles. And sometimes we've double-dipped on consoles, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, board games, you name it. So... Why don't we do a TV game show episode? It's impossible to do a TV game show show without. It's G.V. Blackrock himself, you may know him as, in the Transformers community. Uh, But Mark Baker Wright. Hi. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, so not only guru of all things Transformers, but guru of all things game shows.
0: Yes. You know, Mark's... Mark's a really knowledgeable guy, obviously, but when I think of Mark, those two things come to mind almost immediately. He is an aficionado of Transformers and game shows, (laughs) so it's going to be great to have Mark on board. Uh, You know that he's going to bring a lot to the episode. I mean, you and I could talk quite a lot to the game shows, but... I cannot talk a lot about game
2: shows. Are you serious?
0: <laughs> I just assumed it was like one of your big deals. Oh, no, no, not at all. Oh, okay.
2: I, mean, I, I enjoy some game shows here and there, but I am that's not exactly a forte.
0: Gee, of mine. I don't know. I have a feeling once we start talking about this stuff, you're going to have a lot to say. I just have a feeling.
2: I, when do I have a lot to say anyway? Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> you, you say more than you give yourself credit for. But, you know, speaking of game shows, um, I was having a conversation with Logan earlier, and he likes to ask me, you know, like, oh, what are you guys going to record about, you know, this week? And uh, I was like, we are going to record about something that you have no concept of, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of sad. <laughs> I know. But it's not like game shows aren't around anymore, but they're way more like, they're prime time, you know. they're They're not the same as they were. Yeah it's kind of a bygone era of, of of tv game shows and it goes back so far there's such a rich history of game shows
2: well i'm, I'm dying to know now though so
0: what was his face like when you told him what it was blank expression <laughs> I so no but well, i attempted to explain it. i was like okay we're, we're doing you know we're, it's called a game show and my like quick explanation is trying to explain to a seven year old i'm like okay you you know you have two teams sometimes it's one versus one and oftentimes there's some trivia you'll answer a question and then there's some sort of you know thing you know like i just didn't know how to explain it exactly and you know based on how many points or dollars whoever has the most then there's this elevated thing, you know, like of that game. You know, this is like an elevated version of that game with with higher stakes. He needed Mark to
2: explain what I game did. Show <laughs> is. I'm going to show this.
0: <laughs> I'm going to show this to Logan and like when Mark starts talking about game shows, I'm just going to turn it to him. <laughs> let, let Uncle Mark explain it a little better.
1: Mark, when you think about well, I can game totally shows, give you history, but I I don't know how successfully you know within the purview of what we're talking about. If you but were explaining it, a game show to a seven-year-old, what, how would you do it? Well, if he plays board games, for example, there are board games that have been turned into television shows. Or you can do one of the earliest shows was Beat the Clock, where you do youth group type stuff. <laughs> you so lost Logan. <laughs> He's completely
3: lost. Can you do not...
1: <laughs> this weird thing in 60 seconds or less? Right, right. Okay, now you got his attention again.
2: I'd probably say something like, um, you know, there's a show on TV where you have like a number of cont-
0: contestants. Yeah,
2: often three, but not you know. I mean, it can be like whatever. No. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, to to win prizes, you know, and they got to do like you know whether it's answering trivia questions or you know whatever the game is, but right, you know, right to win prizes.
0: Yeah, there there's a theme usually, uh, and then they tailor the show usually around the theme, uh, whether the team. It, or not the theme. The theme could be something really simple, like a child good childhood game that we've all played, and it could, or it could be like a really high concept game. But that's the beauty of game shows. Is, I mean, it could be any number of different things. Mm-hmm.
1: But well, yeah, and there's actually some debate depending on what type of show you're talking about does this count i'm not going to get into that too much here because we can talk about that as we actually start listing shows yeah because i, but I think some of my definition into that is not necessarily set in stone other than there's a game element to it and it's a show
2: That's it's right. a game
1: show
0: <laughs> if you want to break it down to its you know like fundamental it's a game show and yeah cuz when we were discussing all three of us like i had one in particular I was like does this count i don't even know it's and then you know mark was like yeah that absolutely counts in my mind in mm-hmm. his mind i guess mm-hmm.
1: um, and, I, and that's and i'm biased too there are shows that someone might try to say is a game show that i don't think count but again we can get into that and as we get into the list we need to
0: yeah absolutely i would like to hear some of like you know shows that mark would not allow to be on the <laughs> list that he might argue against
1: but now that I, have... I could argue against i'm not sure i would say i won't allow because this is where again people have different opinions and depending on what they're talking about. I wouldn't actually disagree that it's valid. I just would disagree that I, I wouldn't consider it a game show.
0: Right. Someone's opinion is their opinion. You, you're not going to convince them otherwise. You, well, you might convince them that, oh, well, I guess it wasn't a show. But I mean, that that would be well, sad if you tried to do that.
1: <laughs> I, I actually i am not a fan of the idea that all opinions are equal because opinions are based on stuff. And, you know, that basis may be something that, is is reliable or it may be something that's really flimsy yeah and so you can convince someone that their opinion is wrong but i don't want to start getting into saying that an opinion because it's an opinion you know is is something that is invalid i i I need to get to what the basis of the opinion is
0: yeah the way i always looked at it is you know people would say you have to respect everyone's opinion i'm like no i don't have to respect your opinion i will acknowledge your opinion but i don't have to respect your opinion Mm. That's kind of the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that aside, and we've all kind of each, all three of us gave our elevator quick, you know, pitch to a seven-year-old what a game show is. I kind of like that concept. We may have to use that again sometime. Like pitch pitch it to a seven-year-old. How would you explain it to them? Um, I like but, it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just get down to the nitty gritty. Um, I, I do believe that this will probably end up being a two-part episode uh, due, due to the number of shows we're going to mention um also i'd also like to say at the top of the show these are just 15 of our favorite shows these are not the 15 best shows in our opinion oh yeah i mean because there's absolutely some that we
2: left out that just because they're like so mainstream Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of like when we leave out transformers yeah you know that it's like well we've already talked about that so
0: Everybody knows about that. Right. Yeah. When we get to 15 and you go, what about this show? This is obviously one of the greatest shows ever. It's like, you're right. But maybe we'll save that show for another episode because I think we could get a few shows out of this topic.
2: And because like these are absolutely not like ranked. No, absolutely not. It's just like we just decided, hey, we like these.
0: My list. These are five shows I found very fun and I enjoyed them. And, and a, a bit of it's nostalgia-based, too. Like, there are shows that may not be on this list that are still running. Most of mine are not running, and I just have this nostalgia for them, and I want to talk about those shows. Mm-hmm. So just to, like, you know, like I said, that's a disclaimer up top. You know, these aren't ranked. These are just 15 shows that we really like. They're 15 of our favorite game shows. Um, so... What I like to do is if we have a guest on the show, um, I like to let them go first. So we're each gonna have five and we'll kind of alternate between the five of the three of us until we have 15 total. So without further ado, our guest, Mark Baker-Wright is gonna lead us off with his first game show.
1: All right, I wanted to start off with a show that most people, if you know game shows at all, you're gonna know this one and it's Pyramid.
4: From Television City in Hollywood, this is the new $25,000
2: Pyramid. Today's special guest from Mama's
4: family, Betty White and Soupy Sales. And here is your host, Dick Hart.
1: Wow. Wow. Thank you very, very much. Welcome to the new $25,000 Pyramid. Now, you probably don't know it as pyramid you probably know it as the 100,000 dollar pyramid or the 25,000 dollar pyramid or the 10,000 dollar pyramid it was also 20,000 and 50,000 at some point or another the increment uh, of money
0: always that, changes
2: that's yeah. exactly what I was going to ask him is like which increment of money is
1: the one that you're going to say <laughs> i tried to deal with that right up front uh, mark, my t- for me it's version... oh, i'm sorry mark go ahead i'm sorry this is your pick <laughs> That's fine. The, the one that I grew up with was the new $25,000 pyramid. Okay. That is to say, it had been $25,000 earlier in its lifetime, and I was too young to notice. And then it came back on CBS, and it was on daytime for a good long while. And they actually did drop new from the title after it had been on for a few more years. But the, the second version of the $25,000 pyramid, when it was that number, is what I really knew growing up.
0: I don't even really remember it saying new. It's weird that they would say the new. It's kind of like new Super Mario Brothers. You know, like they yeah. just throw that up. I mean, that's in the title. Yeah.
1: All right. I, I'm going to take the moment now to bring out my. Oh, my God. Bit He's of extra book. help. <laughs> I've never seen yes, this before. The Encyclopedia of TV Game Shows. This is a book that my grandma, Grandma Evie, found for me. And in any discussion about game shows, you have to talk about Grandma Evie. And because she was a contestant on a game show back just after I had been born.
2: And won a car. No She way. was
1: a five-time undefeated champion on a show called Split Second. Their big prize there was, in fact, a car. Grandma never got her driver's license.
2: <laughs> and... Yeah, she
0: doesn't drive. Well, didn't you also have to pay all of the taxes on the vehicle, like,
1: Well, yes, actually you do. Any kind of prizes you win, you still have to pay that as if it were income. So that's added to your taxes. What year was this? Uh, This would be 75.
0: Was it a Gremlin?
1: No, (laughs) as a matter of fact, it was a Chevy, I want to say Camaro. Ooh, That would have been one of the uh, first ones? No, the 60s maybe was the first. In the 60s. Now, uh, this is getting off the field. It's not about Pyramid, but since Split Second (laughs) isn't one of our shows that any of us are likely to talk about, because it's all but forgotten today. uh, The bonus game for this was basically you got a key, and there were five cars. And if this was your first time as champion, you could try that key in one of those cars. And if it started, you won that that car. Actually... Now, they did something very much like this on yeah. one of the versions of another show later on. I think on, other
2: shows so... have done this. Oh, but okay. You've okay. likely never seen this show. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so we'll deal with that later. Anyway, at the end of five days, Grandma still had not been able to start the car. And what they did, if you actually won all five, uh, you know, they'd eliminate a car each day so that you'd have a better chance. Hmm. But at the end of five, if you still hadn't won... You would get to pick which one of those five cars you wanted, oh. and that was automatically yours.
0: Nice.
1: So, so it was five different show, cars, and I guess
0: I, I assume you would after want one.
1: Yeah. Were after they? Grandma won. Aunt Wendy came on stage. This is my mom's older sister, and Aunt Wendy is actually the one who chose the car because Aunt Wendy was responsible for getting Grandma on the show in the first place. She convinced Grandma to sign it, the little postcard or whatever it is. Go send it in to go down to Southern California, audition for the show. Uh, So Aunt Wendy's the one that actually got to choose the car.
0: Were the cars all like similar in value or do they have like luxury cars that people would go for
1: first? They're broadly the same in terms of basic value.
0: But she did get to pick the one she wanted because she survived the five times, right? Exactly. Nice. That's really cool. And so Wendy chose the Camaro. Uh, That's my understanding. Okay. Not bad. I mean, uh, I might have, too. I don't know what the others were, but Camaro's pretty cool. Nah.
1: The sorry thing about all this is split-second, like a lot of shows of the 80s and earlier, those tapes don't exist anymore. You cannot watch them. There are maybe a half-dozen episodes that are in circulation that someone video-recorded or managed to save.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But the gra- episodes my grandma was in, video does not anymore so i've never seen them i've heard audio of them because grandma did a tape recorder that she would put right next to the tv and she'd record them that way but i've never actually seen these episodes
0: so it would be impossible then like there's no one that anyone could go to and speak with to to try and find this these videotapes
1: unless there are copies that have been in private you know private holdings that no one's told anyone about then there's no way oh. uh, but the networks themselves destroyed the copies because they, uh, they didn't have space era, for them yeah this was an era where that would take up space and they could use that material for other things
0: that's really sad a lot of really old movies they you know faced a demise similar to that mm-hmm. like really old movies they had to destroy them they weren't saved um that's a really interesting story thanks for sharing that mark that's really cool so you actually are related to a grand prize winner of a, a game show yeah
1: and do you think maybe that is one of the reasons why you love game shows so much oh absolutely i come by it honestly i tell folks anyway going back to pyramid because that's what we're really supposed to be talking oh, about I love pyramid, pyramid so. started in 73 and so it had been through a number of incarnations by the time The version I knew came on, it was already 1982. And it didn't state, quote unquote, new $25,000 pyramid for very long. And this is perhaps, Nick, why you don't remember, because, you know, you were still quite young in 82. And maybe it was only a year or two before they stopped calling it new and they said it's the $25,000 pyramid again.
0: Right. Okay. When did Dick Clark host that show in its entire run, or were there multiple hosts? Because we're going to talk, a
1: lot of shows had multiple game show hosts. Mm. Dick Clark hosted every version of Pyramid from its beginning till about 89, except for the 50, no, the original $25,000 Pyramid. Sorry about that. The original $25,000 Pyramid was actually hosted by Bill Cullen. Uh, Oh, okay. That's a name that some people are probably familiar with. Bill Cullen, if you know game shows, you know Bill Cullen, because yeah. he hosts more game shows than anyone else in history. Yeah. Um,
0: and uh, so y- you were actually telling me, I think, that this is one
1: of the shows that has been revived, kind of? like it's it's a current... It has. ABC has a current version. It is the $100,000 pyramid. Michael Strahan, who was a football player, he's on Good Morning America now, is the host of that. It's oh, I know who Michael Strahan important. is. <laughs>
0: that's just why it blew my mind that he was the host you know yeah I, no he's very good he's he's not bad so i i will have to check that out i mean i remember when you told me that like my mind was blown it's like what no I, i've never heard of this before
2: now let me ask you this though since 25 is the one that you remember most uh-huh. from your you know youth when did it become the one hundred thousand dollar pyramid
1: Well, again, depends on how you ask the question.
2: Well, well, I ask you
1: this. The $5,000 Pyramid was popular. That was on CBS, the network. Mm -hmm. Uh, About a year or two into that, they started doing the $100,000 version in syndication. So it was a nighttime version. And basically, the $100,000 Pyramid at that time was played exactly the same as the $25,000 version with a couple of exceptions. At the winner's circle, if you made it to the top, and won that prize, you're going to be the fastest. You're trying to be the fastest time in that. And after about a month or so, the top three times would come and play again as a tournament. And the first person to get to the top of the pyramid successfully in the winner's circle of that tournament would win $100,000. But otherwise, prize structures were the same. Uh, 10,000 for the first time, 25 if you made it twice in the same show. That uh, which wasn't the structure for the previous twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid, I should say. That was the, C- the CBS version.
2: I ask you that because I dug up. Yep. Yep. Some of your old, you know, IBM DOS, you know, <laughs> computer versions of some of these game shows, and it, uh-huh. and it was the one hundred thousand dollar at this time. Which this this says nineteen eighty-seven on it. So that's mm-hmm. the only reason I, I kind of wondered. Man, if you put it
1: Which was there. still Dick Clark's era. There was another $100,000 Pyramid almost immediately after Dick Clark stopped doing it, maybe a year after, there was another version of the $100,000 Pyramid came on with John Davidson. And it was played mostly the same, but they did tweak the rules a bit that time. And that didn't last terribly long. It went off the air. There have been a couple other versions of Pyramid that have shown up in the years since uh, usually not doing a dollar number for the name and the prize payouts are are different for various reasons. Uh, the $100,000 with Michael Strahan came back in 2016.
0: So we've spent a a bit of time, you know, talking about the different eras. Um, but somebody out there may not even have actually seen the show. Uh, Mark, can you kind of briefly explain like what an episode or what a, what a show typically, you know, how it was structured?
1: Sure. This is, essentially a word game Uh, i give you at the front game one of six categories you choose one and then i tell you to describe to your partner these things that fit within that certain list the timer starts and you see one word at a time and you you can use hand gestures you can describe in any way you like except you can't use the word itself right if that happened A very familiar cuckoo sound would hear and you'd have to forfeit that word and go on to the next one. And the viewer was able to to see the
0: word, so that was always enjoyable.
1: You're trying to get as many of seven words that were the maximum possible in 30 seconds. This would be played uh, for three rounds each of two teams, so six total, and whoever had the high score at that would move on to the winner's circle. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you got to the winner's circle, the game was kind of flipped around instead they would give you a category and you would try to describe a list rather than long lengthy verbal statements so prepositional phrases for example were an instant disqualifier mm. but you would say uh for say the category things you would see in a circus a clown the ringmaster mm-hmm. and you'd go off then on you list, would say what? things you see in a circus until someone said see things you see in a circus and right. then you get the dollar amount for that particular part of the pyramid, move on to the next one. and if you get all six items that are part of the pyramid, you would win the top prize ten thousand twenty five thousand whatever it is for that particular
2: show. okay, so you can only say like a word for for your clue
1: now there are a couple of exceptions that are very common in the winner circle. One category, for example, would be things a such and such might say so. If it were things a transformer might say, well, my name is Optimus Prime, and I lead the Autobots in the fight against the Decepticons. I have lots of my friends, and until someone said things a transformer might say, you could just keep rambling on. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So one, of, and this this leads me to one of my favorite things about the show, honestly. Um, if they're doing the, you know, the final, you know, the the center area, the the pyramid. Uh, the the winner's circle, thank you. And the contestants fail. Here comes Dick Clark, itching to play. Like, he had to give his version of, you know, like the clue.
4: Fall on the ground, things that drop. Uh, glass. Things that break. Uh, things
0: are cra- Airplanes. <laughs> oh. The 1929 yes. stock market. Things oh, that crash. Yes. Oh. Sure, I love it when you come in and give the absolute <laughs> the perfect answer. Don't you love it? No, no host I could ever think of seemed to want to play his own show more than Dick Clark <laughs> wanted to play Pyramid. I don't
1: remember. And you don't remember so that? Familiar with it. He would always have like this key word that if only someone had thought <laughs> to say it, oh, yes. that would have absolutely made the connection. You're like you, you did it every time. You just
0: say this. It's like you know you know everything, and you've had time to think of your keyword probably or maybe not. But and of know. course he's not stressed out. No, he's calmly thinking, right. I just love that about the show. <laughs> he would come sauntering over, and he'd put like one leg up, like, you know, like <laughs> casually. <laughs> uh, one of my other favorite aspects of Pyramid is they would often uh, enlist celebrities to match up with the Oh, uh, absolutely, it's a celebrity show. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, al- always play uh, two, two celebrities for every day. Mm. Uh, each team gets one celebrity and it's a partnering kind of a game. This also means that if you're saddled with a really stupid celebrity, you have no chance of winning.
2: (laughs) Like on Friends, Joey was one of the celebrities.
1: Ready? Go. Uh, okay, it's a store like a supermarket.
0: Oh, I see see what I did there. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm writing in my diary. No, more like a notebook. Damn it. Oh no! I can imagine how that went. Well, I was watching one time and Tony Danza was on, and I was like, "Oh gosh, this is probably not
1: going to go well." But he actually did really well. So. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Tony no, Danza's pretty that good. Friends play. episode was during Donny Osmond's version of the Pyramid. <laughs> what? There was was there an actual Donny Osmond? Yeah, for two years in syndication. Uh, that was that was just called Pyramid. Mm. Again, no number attached to it. Nice.
2: So, so you had given me a list of seven such
0: words. Am I All right, to I'm going to start with Ron, actually. Oh, we're going to do this? We're going to play the game we're now? We're going to do this.
1: Okay. Oh, man, I got a guess? Yep. Well, I we're each going to have a right. turn. Ron is going to describe for you, I, 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 and I'll tell folks, I picked this up from the home game. <laughs> oh, man. Ron, you are going to describe for Nick... The category I'm choosing, I should tell you, actually, uh, is he stole my heart. And Ron, you're going to describe for Nick words in a column for the Lovelorn. That's words in a column for the Lovelorn.
0: Okay. So am I just going to start with one and then go one to seven?
1: That's right. Just stay stay with one until Nick says it. And if he does, I'll tell you it's correct. And I can pass, right? And if Nick's getting hung up, you can't get it. Pass. Just tell me you're passing, so I won't be looking at the wrong word. Man, I'm no good at this. Okay. <laughs> at the end of thirty seconds, you will hear the buzzer.
0: All right. Ready? <laughs> Go. Okay. Uh, so, you, on your face, if you're if you're smiling, this is how you're feeling. Happy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, If you're uh, if you're having an affair and you're a man, then the other person would be called your. My mind went blank. Okay. Pass. Okay. Okay. Um, If you're not playing fair, you're cheating. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, a, A member of your family would also be called. You get the buzzer. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't say uh. No, no, the, the buzzer is simply because time ran out.
0: Oh, no, okay. Oh, oh, wow. That
1: was 30 seconds. I suck. <laughs> that is
0: oh, that is a fast 30 seconds. Points. Ooh, okay, uh, the, first one, the first one you couldn't think of was mistress.
1: That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 oh, man. And, and Ron was just beginning to describe a relative.
0: Oh. <laughs> I thought you buzzed me for,
1: uh, you know, like, I can't you, say, uh. You were uh. fine. You were perfectly fine. It oh, okay. was a time ran out. Wow. once I hit the, the start, I actually t- don't pay attention to the timer again until it goes.
0: I've watched Pyramids so many times, like, I don't think I've ever felt, like, that kind of
1: pressure, like, you
0: know, that 30 seconds flew by. Man, yeah, I'm scared. Okay, all right. So, well,
2: all right, Nick, I- I'm still kind of confused, though. So, but can I, can I, do I just say, like, a word, or can I say, like, a phrase? You
1: can do anything you want, except say the word you're trying to get Ron to say.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: The category is called Make It Last. Nick, please describe for Ron these things that are preserved. Things that are preserved. Ready? Go.
2: Okay, uh, you can spread this on bread, strawberry. Jam. Uh, Yes. An elephant has... Tusk. Yes. Um, A wedding... Ring. Dress.
0: Uh,
1: Gown.
2: Yeah. Yes uh a, a dinosaur fossil uh, yes uh, um L- uh, link from zelda always um carries the sword well he hits these and breaks these uh, uh trees of grass oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pass uh, oh, oh man you use zelda my heart broken man i, I, <laughs> I, 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 I would have got this you, next you one got too got
1: four correct so definitely did better that one Nick was trying to get you to say was pottery. I <laughs> was, like, the only way I could Oh, think. well, yeah, that's
0: that's a good clue. I, I can't argue with that clue. That was fun. We should have done more. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: suffice it to say, getting it set up so that you even had clues over the distance since I'm in California and you guys are in Kentucky, that was the real challenge.
2: Yeah, man. that's true. I should have passed on pottery right away because I really wanted you to get this one. I was going to well, say... Just for fun, go ahead and describe. Fun, you, you, yeah, I, I was going to say, um, uh, you know, Steve Martin, King...
0: <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. So that was really fun, and that—that's just a little taste of what you know Pyramid was all about. Scenic, so, you, know, you did really good. You were all concerned that you well, wouldn't do well. Well, I was concerned when I had to guess for myself because I—I I was kind of okay I didn't with warn giving the, clues. That was happening. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, Mark. Thanks for setting that up. I
2: I just kind of figured we'll just do like the one-sided thing just to show a taste of it. Oh, no, no. I was
0: on on board with, I was in sync with Mark. I wanted us to each get to do it, you know? So that's that's really fun, and that's a great show to uh, kick things off. Number one, Pyramid. Um, Mark, do you have anything else interesting that you would like to share about Pyramid, or...? Should we just let the game um, end and speak for itself?
1: <laughs> I think at this point it speaks for itself. And we've gone longer on this than I imagine we will for most of the others. But Pyramid is one of the all-time classics. Uh, it's it, Especially with this current version where they have been so faithful. They didn't monkey around with stuff that didn't need changing. Because a lot of these classic shows, you change the formula too much and it just fails some you need to change because it's a product of its time and we'll perhaps get into that too but pyramid really works in its current version so if you can catch the abc version it's not on continually every week they do it in little short spurts often in the summertime but get the chance definitely watch it
0: the really good game shows are simple you know like they're just easy to you know and you can adapt absolutely you're more or less playing charades except you know like you're giving clues to a person one-on-one and it's it's an easy game to play. And uh, I don't know if you guys did this, but my brother and I used to like when we would watch pyramid, we would kind of turn our backs. One of us would turn our backs towards the television. Sure. And you know, we would listen to the clues being given and we would try to guess. Yeah. And try to guess on your own. Yeah. So that, being that it was a game read. that you could kind of play on your own. Like, you know, while watching the show and yeah, um, just cover up the thing on the screen and you can do it just fine. It's always easier than or harder than it looks.
2: Well, it, and it's, what i think a lot of people i mean you kind of alluded to this earlier when you're talking about dick clark you know not being like on the spot and everything it's like you're sitting there watching at home and and you guess these things and you're like oh you're an idiot you know yeah, i know yeah like <laughs> but, oh my
1: god i can't believe oh, I, I love berating contestants
2: <laughs> i mean cuz that's how i am like when when i'm just like the casual observer yeah then i have no problem at all when i'm putting on the spot
0: i just lock up you know? oh yeah
2: and
1: how, how did we do, Mark? I, I, Nick guessed. Uh, Ron he... got Nick to say two of your list and <sighs> Nick got Ron to say four of his.
0: Okay. All right. Well, well played, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or not.
2: I, don't... <laughs> I, I was trying to decide like, so what's that make me? Is that good or is that bad?
0: Well, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good at dish It's a know out. your audience kind of game too. Like you have to try and give clues to like what you were trying to do. And I was just. That you break these, I'm like, I'm like grass. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would I say grass? <laughs> what, what was the, uh, what was that odd couple
2: thing that they were on pyramid? They
0: were on password. Oh, password. Oh, okay, okay. okay. All right, so we'll we'll go ahead and uh, move on to the next uh, show. Which Nick, I'll I'll let you choose your first show.
2: Okay, yeah. So um, for my first show, I'm gonna say name that tune. mark can probably talk circles around me about the game i mean because like i kind of said earlier you know i mean there's some games i watched and i enjoyed and whatever but i you know i don't have much to say about them but name that tune stands out as one like when i was a kid that it was just fun to just you know they would be like I can name that tune in one note. Oh oh my god! And and, yeah, they give some kind of a clue. Yeah, so you kind of you weren't just going in blind and you just bong. You know, just say right. right. Yeah,
1: Nick. Yeah, you. you, I'm guessing remember the Jim Lang version most. I have no idea. I don't remember the hosts. The two people who were hosts while we were alive were Tom (laughs) Kennedy and Jim Lang now tom kennedy i have affection for because he was the host of the show that grandma was on
2: so i mean I and and really you know and i wouldn't even know also because i think a lot of times i just saw reruns you know that i, I would see just old oh, the shows. First every show i ever saw i'm
0: sure it was some sort of syndicated rerun. yeah so
2: i i have no idea like what era you know i might have been seeing but it was just a lot of fun though just trying to guess you know these they would play just a couple of notes and people guessing these songs
0: marty are you able to pull up like when the when that show aired like the dates is that pardon got the book
1: yeah. he's got the book he's
0: got the book
1: the first per, show first premiered in 1953. whoa
4: wow 50 this is the show that's got old. a
1: lot of history to it most common Commonly known host of that version is a guy named George Dewitt. I know nothing about him. I've heard of the name. Uh, like. Two of the other hosts of that era are guys named Red Benson. Again, never heard of him. And uh, Bill Cullen, who I do know about, because again, he hosted everything. <laughs> that version lasted for a good number of years. Uh, looks like to '59, so about seven years. Looks like. Mm-hmm. Then I mentioned Tom Kennedy already. He came on for the 1974 to 81 version, which it looks like uh, Dennis James also hosted. I I know his name, but he he's not somebody I'm familiar with. And then it was off the air for a few years, came back for a short time, 84 to 85. That was the Jim Lang version, which did get repeated a lot. So that's the one I'm thinking you're most likely to remember, Nick.
0: Okay.
2: I'll just, I'll, I'll take your word for it.
0: <laughs> now, uh, in my mind's eye, I'm picturing, or I'm trying to remember how, like, because sometimes, like, the sets of game shows were impressive and fun to look at. And I want to say, like, was it a big clock that they were looking at? Like, or was it something that was just presented on the screen? Sure. Like, name well, that
2: tune. I don't even remember I said other than, like, a piano tune, sitting there.
1: <laughs> yeah, let, let, I'll try to describe as best I can. And recognize, of course, that different versions did different things. Yeah. The, this is one of those, again, the concept is right there in the title. And the way they did this was through a series of different, uh, we'll call them parlor games. Uh, And they weren't always the same throughout a run. They would sometimes change things up. For the runs that I remember, the first segment was always called Melody Roulette, at which point they had a large wheel filled with dollar amounts. Uh You'd bend the wheel, whatever dollar amount would be, would be how much you would win if you correctly named the tune so musician would start playing you think you know what it is you buzz in you tell them the name of the tune you win that amount of money mm-hmm. other parts of the game uh, often had extra gimmicks on it so there is a bit of note which is one of the more well-known the host would read That's a clue we're talking about that would basically describe the tune and if you thought that that clue could only mean this particular song
4: yeah,
2: yeah, you I might realize.
1: actually tell yeah, the I person one exactly here's the next one
4: this song was the first beatle release on apple records and paul mccartney was the featured singer this time you start the bidding wash sandy mm. i can name that tune Watch, I can name that tune in one
1: note. Oh. Or if you're less confident, but you think that, you know, just a little bit will help you figure it out. I can name that tune in four notes.
0: So you were bidding, you were putting up a certain amount of your own
1: winnings at that point? No, that's later. Okay, okay. Uh, But mostly you're trying to win enough games to move on to the bonus round, and I'll talk about that later. But for a bit of note, it's usually the one that they did towards the end of a show that wasn't the bonus round. Mm -hmm. And basically, once you got, you alternated back and forth. I can name that tune in five notes. I can name that tune in four notes. Once it's down low enough that you don't think the other person really can, you would then say, Name that tune. Here is your one note Michelle. Ooh, I'm
4: sorry. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. What's the first song?
1: they play those four notes. Oh, see, I forgot. Give you a chance. To play.
2: you were like back and forth with somebody yeah. else, like, they're like, well, I can do it in five notes. Oh, yeah, well, I can do <laughs> four notes. Yeah,
1: well, that's, yeah, that's the exciting part, though, of The yeah. that was read beforehand and hoping that that clue is actually giving you most of the information.
2: Right, right. And then when the guy be like, or the girl, whoever, I can name that tune in one note,
0: everybody's like,
4: oh.
2: That was like the
0: you've been served kind of moment
1: of the show. So whoever won the most games and had the highest score at the end of the regular play would go on to play the golden medley. Mm. And so that's where the big clock comes in. Okay,
0: okay. So there was a big
1: clock. Okay, There is a big clock, I think it's 60 seconds.
0: Eh, I'm actually trying to look this up
1: while talking, as it were. Uh, I feel uh, like seven songs bigger, in 30. It like, and it
0: would you know kind of go and it would stop if they named it and then it would continue like I don't really remember
1: that kind You'd of stuff. yeah so there's seven songs and they're going to start playing them one by one mm. and you think you know you buzz in you stop the clock you name the tune and if you're right great if not you got to keep going so what if you if you really don't feel like you know the song you can pass okay now, actually, I, I'm trying to remember. Ah, that's what. Yes, I'd look this up. And I didn't remember it right. If you guessed it wrong, uh-huh. the game's over.
0: Ooh, so that's the penalty. That's what I was wanting to know. If you guessed yeah. it wrong, you
1: don't. You, you can only win the golden medley and the bonus prize if you get all seven songs right. Now, you do have the opportunity to pass. Hmm. So How many you can, can you take pass song on? You're not as familiar with, and shelve it and come back to it if there's time left on the clock after you've gotten the others
0: now were these usually like show tunes or were they like you know they could be yeah like i'm trying to remember that the, were they popular songs ever like you know like pop rate like what was pop contemporary songs they, they, the they have
1: the to be songs that are we'll just say expected to be in the pop in the common culture okay so okay. maybe something you hear on the radio okay. maybe something part of a musical so like not.
0: Beethoven's symphony, like, you know, like one, like maybe not. Well, some of those if, you would know, I guess.
1: If it's well known enough, yeah, yeah. it's fair game. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to do something that is expected to be obscure. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that show uh, and liking it. And we were kind of listing off shows. I, I jotted that one down because I enjoyed it. I wasn't good at it, but I did enjoy it. And I think it was just because of that back and forth, the the bidding and the one upping each other, and then having to try and potentially name it in one note, and yeah. that happened. You know, yeah, they yeah. would be able to oh, do quite it
1: quite often. Yeah. yeah,
0: so that was fun. That was a that that's a good memory, and it's it's one of those bygone shows. Like that show could be recreated today, but why not? I mean,
1: and well, it has been a couple of times over the years. There was a. Name that video version on MTV sometime oh, back. I would love
0: that. I don't remember that, but it, I can it, name it that hasn't video really in one second seen the light of years now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, cool. And yeah, Nick, got anything else that you can think about? Let's name that tune. No. It's a classic game show. All right, I guess we'll move on to my first one. Yep. Okay, uh, my first one is one that I remember playing a lot in elementary school and getting in trouble for doing it like i wasn't supposed to well just not that it was like a bad game necessarily but it involved playing cards and i'm talking about card Uh. sharks ace is high deuce is low call it right
4: and win the dough on
2: that nice thank you oh man you know what i remember most
0: about card sharks what's that go for it
2: big cards oh love those big cards
0: big cards yeah they turn that flip that card over that big old card and then you know they didn't they have an opportunity to change the card if they wanted to yeah i think so yeah but but card sharks is such a simple game it's just all you're doing is laying out some cards and then you get so many cards in the deck and you know they flip a card on the the big board, and you, you know, you would have to go high or low.
2: Yeah, like because I remember there's like a little slider thing, like the, the cards that were like up on the wall, and there's like a slider that I don't really remember why. I guess it was like the I can tell you thing. Oh, Mark knows. Yeah, Mark knows.
1: Two players. You start off by asking a question. Uh, was asked to a hundred people, usually something about human nature. We asked a hundred people if this kind of thing happened would you respond by saying this? How many of those people said yes? Mm. And so then the first person who's asked the question has to come up with a number between one and 100, and the other person says whether they think that the actual number of respondents was higher, or, higher or lower or than
4: lower, that. Right. Yeah, Whoever
1: wins that question gets the first crack of the board, and the board is consisted of five cards strung out in a row. Mm-hmm. They flip the first one over. hmm because you won the question, you will have the chance to change that card if you don't like it. Aces are high, deuces are low. Right. You say whether you think the next one's higher or lower. So let's say it started out with an ace. You Boom. liked it, so you can change it. Yeah. You say lower. Right. And then you get an eight. An eight is right smack in the middle. Yep. Now you can decide whether you want to take your chances and say higher or lower on the next card, because the first one to get all five turned over Here's successfully it wins the game, or at least that part of the match. Or you could decide to freeze, because you don't think uh, you can get the next ball. one right. Mm-hmm. That's where that slider comes across. Yeah. It protects your position, and it keeps the other player from having a chance at their cards. Because if you call a card incorrectly, then you lose everything up to where that slider is sitting, yeah. and the other person then gets a chance to play off of their cards. With the caveat that they do not get to change whatever card shows up on their row, because they did not win the question.
0: That's perfectly described how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't remember like whether or not there was like a
1: bonus round. Like, what was there was? How did the bonus round work, Mark? Please, please describe it. Best that. two out of three match. Uh-huh. Uh, the third one being a shorter one with only three cards instead of five. Whoever wins two out of those three goes on to what's called the money cards, and that is more of a grid. Three cards in the first row, three cards in the second row, and a single card in the top row. Oh, that's right. And they it would have to out, climb. Yeah. You start out with $200 with the card just before those three on the first row. Bid any number amount of that from $50 on up to whatever your total is to whether the next card will be higher or lower. If you get it right, you add that. If you get it wrong, you lose that amount. Mm -hmm. After the first row, you move up to the second row and get an additional $200, at least in the original Jim Perry run. It was higher in other versions. And you play three more cards. Then after you've finished all those, you get up to the top row, which is what's called the big bet. At that point, you have to bid at least half of whatever you've accumulated to that point. If you got everything right all the way across the board, you'd win well over $20,000. Mm.
0: Nice. Now, you'd mentioned Jim Perry. He was the original host, right? And from the 70s right. into the early, I guess, 80s. Late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, and that set was awesome. I loved that set. Like, it had, like, giant cards, like, with... like I remember them being, like, lit up, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, the board. I think I remember that board the most out of all the boards. But I was looking at future uh, hosts. And, but, you know, uh, was it Bob Woolery?
1: Was Bob No, Bob
0: Eubanks was a host. So, like, I'm like... Do I remember the Bob Eubanks show
1: the most? That one was on CBS a few years later. And it was in the 80s, mid-80s, I want to say, mid eighty six, Late 80s. I think it might have made it to the early 90s.
0: Yeah, so that's probably the one I watched the most. But um, but when, but Jim's version I probably saw in reruns.
1: That's the way I'm thinking All of it certainly. in my head. It's on buzzer. So is the Eubanks version. Yeah. Bill Rafferty also hosted a version that was contemporary with the bob eubanks version on syndication i, that one I never saw that yeah. until it was on reruns on buzzer gotcha
0: now what is buzzer that's i've never heard of that i've heard of game show network you need to know about buzzer Ooh, yeah okay
1: mm-hmm. lay it on Z- me it man. Is zzr it is a broadcast network that since the advent of digital television you know how most channels instead of just being channel 13 it'll be a 13.1 13.2 that kind of thing yeah Buzzer operates on those alternative decimal points. Uh, so in my well, area, it's 13.2. It. Well, I have and
0: DirecTV, and I think uh, there's... there's it's, another... it's on
1: DirecTV, too. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, But suffice it to say, anyone can get this because it's through broadcast television. You can get it with your antenna. Okay. You just have to look up what number it is for your area.
4: I'll have to see. And check
1: it that is all game shows owned by Fremantle Media, which has the Mark Goodsman, Bill Todman library and a number of other shows. But basically if they don't own it, it's not going to be there. It's not just game shows. It's their holdings. It's stuff they own. Gotcha.
0: You know, in school, like before classes, you know, I could bring in a deck of cards and we would play card sharks. And I was the grid. I'm glad you were, you run, you, you refresh my memory on that. I was thinking in my head, like, was there a level that you would go up or when I just, is that just something we made up to make the game longer? I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it is really a simple game. And it is. You know, if, if you're just playing it with a friend at school, you're, there's no drama, so like you do it fast. You know, <laughs> they don't. And there's no trivia either. You just kind of do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's one of my old all-time favorite classic TV shows. I
1: should mention, for the sake of completion, there was a revival of Card Sharks around 2000 or so. It was terrible. It changed. Everything that made the show work. Is that the Pat uh, Bullard I, version or whatever? <laughs> it, it 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 is that version. I will not dignify it by saying more. Wow! <laughs> he's going like
0: michael bay kind of company on that one <laughs> he sullied the good name of card sharks and that was in the early 2000s for my research i, I don't remember that it is at correct
1: all. it didn't last very long at all because it was terrible
0: <laughs> i wish they would bring it back now i don't it doesn't necessarily seem like the kind of show they could bring back but There's another show that one of us has on our list that I'm not going to spoil. It's back now in the weirdest way. (laughs) So, you know, there's a chance Card Sharks could come back someday. You never know. Uh, And with all these channels and networks dedicated to just uh, game shows, who knows? And I had forgotten about the survey thing. Now, that is a... That is a long-standing tradition in game shows, too. Like, we oh surveyed gosh, 100 man. people. I'm like, are these the same 100 people all the time? <laughs> and do they they actually take, like, a, you know, go to a mall or something and do it? I, I always so watched, wondered how they'd survey people like
2: that. I always just, I don't know why this is, but, like, the picture in my head is, like, knocking
0: on doors, which <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I know it's not, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, they just walk through a neighborhood. Vacuum cleaner slash survey guy. <laughs> That's a great. That's a great visual. I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say that that's how it worked. Okay, Mark. We're swinging our way back around to you, sir.
1: All right. My second one is Blockbusters.
0: This is the
2: battlefield for our game of speed and strategy. These are the letters which lead to victory.
4: On Blockbusters, and here's the star of Blockbusters, Bill.
2: Thank,
3: you,
1: Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi there, players. Blockbusters is a quiz show that was played on a board full of hexagons.
0: Yeah, I remember that uh, visual. Five
1: hexagons across, four straight up and down, all interlocking, each one having a different letter of the alphabet in it. The basic idea is you have a team of two players that would be trying to connect hexagons from left to right. The fastest way you can do that would Mm -hmm. be five or a single player playing against the two that person would be trying to connect from top to bottom could do that in four. Mm. The idea, the gimmick, if you will, was trying to find out if two heads really are better than one. Okay. A person would select one of the hexagons by calling out its number Let's no, say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mark. Was it always no, two
0: versus one?
1: No. Okay, no, I'll okay. get to that later. Okay. But the original concept was two versus one. The person in control or at the start of a game, the host, picks one of the hexagons by calling out its letter. Let's say it's the letter B. They read a question. What B is the Volkswagen Beetle Autobot of the Transformers? Hmm. Buzz in and say Bumblebee. Right, and if you're correct, you get that, and it changes to your color, so the solo player played red, the family pair usually mm-hmm. play played white, and you're trying to move across the board. The hexagon board is set up in such a way it is not possible. To end a game and fill up all those hexagons without somebody winning, either oh, getting wow, top to okay. all the way across or left to right all the way across.
0: So there were no draws. Someone always no such the thing. Okay, cool. The,
1: the board is designed so it's mathematically impossible to do that. That would be really somebody boring game
0: show if they ended in a draw.
1: <laughs> well, lots of games do have draws. Yeah, but this one, this one is cleverly designed. Cool. It's a best two out of three match. Whoever wins that goes on to what's called the gold run, and this is a similar board of hexagons except instead of single letters in the hexagons it can be a series of letters so let's say for example wwtbam and you describe game show hosted by regis philbin and they okay, might say okay. you want to be a millionaire yeah. you get those and you and that hexagon turns gold and you're trying to do a connection from left to right However, if you get one wrong in that, it goes black and that's a block, and you have to work your way around it. Okay. You get sixty seconds, and if you can complete from left to right, you win five thousand dollars.
0: That sounds like a fun game. This is a game that I vaguely remember coming on like during USA. Um,
1: USA did lots of reruns of it.
0: Yeah, it, it would it would come on like right before like Scrabble or something
1: like that. I don't really remember it at all.
0: Yeah, and it, it wasn't a game that I never was. I was never like rushing to see it, and it. But it came on before one of the shows that I did like. So I'd catch, like, the end of it from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a fun show. Uh, but, you know, it just it was never, like, my favorite. But it, it is a cool concept about how you can block somebody and they have to make their way around to get to the other side.
1: The original show was hosted by the incomparable Bill Cullen. His ah. name will come up quite a bit. Yep. Uh, it lasted for a few years. Went away for a few years, came back for a very short run with Bill Rafferty, who did that syndicated Card Sharks that I never saw. Yeah, I remember that name. And that one was just one player against one player.
0: Oh, one-on-one, huh? Okay.
1: Even though the board itself stayed the same, except if you won uh, each one a game out of the two-out-of-three match, then they would do a four-by-four grid, which really doesn't work with hexagons it still leaves one side with a bit of an advantage because there are more connective points. Yeah. But they ignored that and uh, just played that way.
0: So what was, was there some sort of handicap for the one player if they... If... Well, that's the thing. One player oh, the four be and five, on okay.
1: Only okay. four. Gotcha. Whereas gotcha. two have to get five.
0: Now, okay, that makes sense to me. Because I'm like, well, why wouldn't you always want to have another person to consult with? Could you consult with each other? I assume you could. Not, not verbally back and forth. Okay. Uh, but, so if you, you buzzed know. in, you had to answer without the help of your partner. Exactly right. Okay. Okay. All right. So that that is a little bit more of a
1: challenge, I guess.
0: Cool. It's pretty and fun. You just got
1: two working for you instead of the one.
0: So Nick, does this ring a bell to you whatsoever? No, so no, I don't really remember it at oh, all. Okay. Well, like I said, I just I've, I've seen it not many times though. So I'm sorry Mark, I can't really speak to it. Oh, I
1: I don't <laughs> expect you to. This is uh, and I admit that several of mine are going to be more obscure now. I like uh, that though. I like that we have some obscure stuff.
0: That's usually Nick's job.
1: <laughs> Blockbuster started in the US but combined I think maybe had only 4 years, maybe not even that. Okay. Run and hasn't been seen since. Uh-huh. In the UK it ran and it was more for college students. But otherwise, the rules were very, very similar. It ran for years and years.
2: Did it have a catchy theme?
1: I love the theme to both versions of Blockbusters, well, actually. The,
2: the only reason I ask that is because the only thing I do kind of remember about it is I think I've seen the name. On, I've got a, a CD somewhere of like game show theme. I'm going
0: with... to be playing each game show theme at, at some yeah. point. during During the reveal of this you know each game i just feel like
2: you guys are gonna
1: get to hear that
2: yeah i just feel like i've seen like the name of it just like on a cd or something
1: the original blockbuster theme is one of my favorites
0: cool Cool. i would ask you to hum it but we're gonna have it so you don't have
1: to (laughs) i i'm assuming okay All right, um,
0: so I guess we'll move on to next number two, if you don't mind, sir.
2: All right, press
0: your luck.
1: Today, these three players are after big bucks, but they'll have to avoid the whammy as they play the most exciting game of their lives. From Television City in Hollywood, it's time to press your luck.
4: Press Your Luck, Peter Tamarkin! Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to the one and only Rod Roddy, and welcome to Press Your Luck, the most competitive game in television. Oh, Press Your
0: Luck with the whammies? Big money, no Uh, whammies, stop. Stop. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That, <laughs> and they would dance across the screen if you got a whammy. Yeah, I love I the whammy, love. and,
2: and that—that's like the absolute reason why I love Press your luck is just because of the whammies. I'm I, sorry, Nick.
0: You, this is your show. You, you, you
2: reminisce well, well, <laughs> rooting for people to fail. I have no idea how the game is even played. I just remember the whammies. <laughs> Oh, and I remember, like, the infamous story of, like, the guy that, like, memorized the pattern. Michael
0: Larson. the board. Mark knows his
2: name. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I, That's I saw why I love two, having two, Mark A
1: couple on. of days ago, in fact. Yeah? Wait, okay, let's start with the rules. Okay. That's a board of, uh, I want to say, 20 illuminated squares. Yeah. Each one has a dollar amount, yep. a prize, yep. or a whammy.
0: Or possibly a whammy. And they would just flash like randomly well well it's random right right
1: (laughs) you start out first round they ask you some questions it's all well it's not multiple choice it starts out open-ended and if you buzz in and know the answer and get it right Uh you will win three spins but whatever you've answered right or wrong will be added to two to make it a multiple choice thing where the other two contestants get a chance to guess Uh and if they get it right they get a spin a piece gotcha so after four questions that set of spins, however much was earned, is played on a fairly low budget board, and they'll accumulate whatever totals they do, whatever whammies they do. Because if you hit a whammy, you lose everything you've earned up to that point.
0: Yeah, and did the little whammies like show like show up on the podium? If There'd we're... be like little cartoons. Well, well cartoon there was a
1: little card that would show up. After yeah, it was a little physical card. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. Okay, so the idea is you want to have the highest total at the end of the first spinning round because that will allow you to play last in the final round and that gives you an advantage mm-hmm. but you have to play all of your spins however much you earned in the question round gotcha. until and unless you decide to pass all of your spins oh yeah okay. so you, you, I remember you, you that. play as long as you feel like you dare pressing your luck each time because again every time you spin the whammy could take it all away Yep. and then once you've decided you've had enough you have to pass whatever spins you have left to whoever has the highest total of your opponents and then they spin and they have to take all of the spins that are to them they so, do not even have the chance. it's to like pass uno them.
0: when you like play the card where they
2: have to draw the other cards so so the guy that memorized the pattern he just
1: never passed because let's he... get to him michael <laughs> i want to hear this story i, I michael vaguely was something of a ne'er-do-well
0: a person without the means of support, an idle, worthless person, a loafer, a person who is ineffectual.
1: He was always trying to figure out ways to cheat the system. Now, when it came to game show, pressed your luck, he discovered fairly early on, with the use of a videotape recorder and the pause button VCRs. that the patterns were not random. But that there were I think it was just five possible patterns where the lights would go in a very predictable way Uh across the board and there are two squares that never ever have whammies in them one is the big square at the top middle of the board that has either three thousand four thousand or five thousand dollars and a spin
2: so even if your timing was off you wouldn't even get a whammy
1: oh wow if you landed on that square
2: well he's going for that square though
1: that's the thing. He might not be able to predict if it's going to be the 3,000, the 4,000, or the 5,000. But he can he can predict exactly that he's going to land on that spit that space. Yeah,
0: it wasn't so fast that you couldn't hit it and and land on it and stay there. You just didn't know what you were getting. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's how he well, did it.
1: The, but you know, the idea is nobody else before him had even recognized— that the lights were going in a pattern that could be predicted. Yeah,
2: because I remember so he would like say, the guys running four, the show are like,
1: reed It'll be on this one next, hit stop, and it'll be cheap. there. <laughs> $26,086, and you still have six spins, and he's going. Michael's goal, $26,000, unbelievable.
4: What's happening? Stop at 750 and a spin. You can't get any spins, Michael. That's 48,351. That must be at least 15 spins.
1: 4,000 and a spin. 74,851. Michael, you have rolled 31 times without a whammy. 31 times. You're going to
4: press again. Oh.
0: Did they really make, did they come to that realization like mid-show? I remember reading an article about it, but maybe I should just let it.
1: So he's playing the show he doesn't really do much in the first round because the first round doesn't matter all that much. Okay. Except again, if you have the most, you can be the last to spin, but he didn't care about that. He actually was dead last at the end of the first round round two. However, he starts playing. He's got, I think it was seven spins. And after a false start or two, starts nailing that 5,000 at a spin, or at least that square, because again it could be 3,000, could be 4,000 right. every single
0: time <laughs> that's amazing the producers
1: amazing. are backstage freaking out like, what is going on? because they never imagined <laughs> this was even possible oh my gosh, I love I love hearing these kinds of stories <laughs> so they much. had to split that show up into two episodes because they couldn't edit it in such a way as to fit everything into the regular half hour oh my
0: god
1: so at the end of just a few spins, Larson's already in the five-digit figures, screen freezes, and a superimposed Peter Tomarkin comes on screen to say, Well, I want to tell you, you are watching Press Your Luck History in the making. We are going to have to stop now for these messages. <laughs> superimposed, that's awesome! <laughs> so, By the end of it all, Larson had over one hundred and ten thousand dollars accumulated. Now you got to understand: any contestant, whoever gets over twenty-five thousand, immediately has to retire, but they still get to keep everything they've earned. Okay. So, so that was a rule gets in the to show, win and all that hundred and ten plus. And although the producers are trying to figure out in a way accusing him of cheating, uh-huh. turns out he didn't actually break any of the rules. He just yeah. exploited. A failure in the system itself. Yeah, I
2: remember reading that because it's not—he didn't really cheat. Right. Nobody said you couldn't memorize the pattern that nobody knew
0: was there. So he there was. So okay, did he write a book or something? Like why? Why he
1: would he even th- admit it? He, here's the thing. I told you he was a ne'er do well. He lost all that money inside of two years through bad real estate investments. He ended up getting involved in some shady deals that put him on the run from the government. The FBI wanted him. He died in poverty. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Seven years later, there was a new version that came out called Whammy, the all-new Press Your Luck, which actually did have a random board. And so as part of a gimmick, Peter Tarkin was still alive at this time. They brought back the two contestants that Bill Larson beat, and also Bill Larson's brother, Turned out the brother still won. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: he's just lucky, I guess.
2: (laughs) Hey, let me ask you this now. Okay, you know, because everybody says like the same thing: big money, no whammies, stop. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Where did that come from? Is that like something that like the first person said, and then it just kind of caught on, or is that something they kind of tell you this is what we do here? Yeah,
1: the producers are like, okay, this is what we. My guess, and and I don't know this for a fact. My guess is it's a combination of the two, because the first few episodes it's not that consistent, and in fact they don't always even say stop when they hit the buzzer.
2: Yeah.
1: But contestant coordinators in general really like to amp up contestants and tell them to Does you know, be all worked. vivid and excited and stuff. Oh yeah. And well, so well they do it in
0: television shows with applause, you know, like they whip up the crowd. So you know
1: exactly right. So my guess is that. At did develop where somebody started saying that and somebody decided that's really good let's <laughs> encourage people to do that yeah and so by the time the show had been around for a while yes everyone was it's just
0: it. what you do yeah you just you know it didn't work unless you said it <laughs>
1: <laughs> it didn't stop well you didn't say yeah. <laughs> I, I actually mentioned I I have tried out for a number of game shows okay okay years. I was wondering
0: if you were gonna bring this up I did
1: audition for pyramid at one point I did audition for whammy when the all new press your luck came back. I've never actually made it onto a show. Yeah. And I've got theories about why that is, but what I can tell you about whammy during the audition, they put us in front of one of those little metal bells that you go ding at a counter Mm -hmm. and encouraged us to act like that was the whammy buzzer and how we would act. Okay. What kind of stuff we would say now, I don't know how well I would have been, other things being equal, but I looked at that little metal bell, you know, it's got a kind of thin point at the top. Yeah, it's everybody's seen that thing, on. yeah. And I'm thinking, if I hit that too hard, I'm going to hurt my hand. It's not like a real buzzer, which is totally flat at the top. Right. You just slam down on it. Yeah, you're going to like hurt your... Yeah, exactly. So i am sure i choked it quite honestly i don't remember specifically but i remember being conscious of the fact that this is a metal bell that's not even (laughs) all the way across (laughs) it's just kind of gingerly go down on it (laughs) i mean i probably still played up the verbal part as much as i could yeah that probably looked completely fake but nonetheless uh so that was my whammy audition experience anyway
0: that's showbiz i guess Mm. you're right i mean it's you, 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 there's a certain thing they're looking for, I guess, certain qualities, you know.
1: And know. quite honestly, I'm not sure if I will ever get on one. I think I'll still keep trying as, as good opportunities come around.
0: Yeah, but
1: well, where is, my personality where is, Prizes is right personality quiet for the most part until you really get talk talking? Where's The Price Is Right
0: filmed? Are you near that? Where can you can you I, go on?
1: But well, it's in L.A. I, yeah, I, I've been to a lot of Price Is Right tapings, and anytime you go to a Price Is Right taping, you're a potential contestant.
0: Right, right.
1: I I've been there for Bill, Bob Barker. I've been there for Drew Carey.
0: Nice, that's cool. I, I would really enjoy going to a taping of The Price Is Right. I think
1: mm-hmm. uh, of, yeah, of it, any show. Do really? Uh, you you can actually get tickets in advance nowadays. It's not just a matter of waiting in line.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. It sounds like maybe if I ever come out there, I'll check it out. Okay, uh, you know, so press your luck. Did you think of anything else? Was there more than one host, or was it just the one host all the, the time? The host
1: of the original press your luck, which itself was a remake of a show called Second Chance that nobody remembers. Yeah, uh, Second Chance knows. was hosted by a guy named Jim Peck. Uh, the board was static essentially. The lights all moved around, but the dollar amounts and prizes did not.
4: Okay. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, press your luck was hosted by Peter Tamarkin, and then whammy when. The Game Show Network new version came up, was hosted by a guy named Todd Newton, except that Peter Tamarkin did come back for a question segment on that one that brought back uh, Larson's competitors. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that that's an all-time classic. And for Nick and I at our age, I guess, and you too, Mark, you're not like super much. You're not just a year or two older than us. I, the big draw for that was always the cartoons. That that's that was oh, the yeah. fun thing, you know. They Absolutely. would moonwalk and you know do their little dance, and then boing, you know, the little thing would come Lots up. Lots
1: of right? pop culture references.
0: Yeah, so it was it was a good time, and yeah. uh, you know that instantly pops up. Like that's one of those ones that like I'm sure all three of us considered, and one of us just called it. You know, like like I got it. <laughs> Anything else about Press Your Luck? Move on to my mm-hmm. number two. Uh, now my number two is uh, one that I remember very fondly and it, it's uh, it's it's Hollywood Squares from
4: her hit Broadway show Joan
0: Rivers
4: from his HBOG.
1: thank you shadow okay so, the john davidson version then
0: and that's the okay i gotta admit i have a confession i did not know that there was an other version before him i knew of the version after john davidson but i didn't know the one before us yes. ran for many years and talk about my boom like i did not know that at all and it's like the same thing that's like the you know the the boxes that they climb up into.
2: You know, it always got me excited when Hollywood Squares would come on. I think I know what you're going to say. If Alf was ever yes!
0: consistent <laughs> When Alf was the center square, <laughs> I went nuts. And that's why I want to say that, like, E.T. was like a companion to it. Because, like, they would kind of preview who was going to be on the show. Yeah. So I feel like, and I may be remembering this totally incorrectly, but I
1: feel like it, it was... It wasn't like, intentional, but it worked out that way in our era because yeah. there were both in syndication and one aired right after the other
0: right okay okay so yeah the, so that and, was the case and jim j bullock was like jim j bullock was center. like every time always in the center <laughs> but uh, I'll i'll attempt to explain hollywood square since mark's been doing such a phenomenal job with Forrest on
1: most of these shows and then Mark the original hit- version started in 1966 hosted by peter marshall Went through 1981.
0: I, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> okay, we well, stopping. The... Right. Are you stopping right there for me?
1: <laughs> Center Square for most of that run was a guy named Paul Lind, who was extremely well known through a bunch of shows of that era bewitched uh you might remember him as the voice of templeton the rat in the animated charlotte's web
0: oh, okay
1: very snarky the wisecracking persona perfect for the center square of this show
0: mm-hmm. cool
1: yeah the center square had to be like
0: kind of the best at quippies like making quips. because part of the show was you know you you would They would ask a question, but then the celebrities would always try to make a joke out of it. Like, you never accepted the first answer they gave. Uh, G.I. Joe, uh, Robin, is
4: a manly doll for sure. After all, the term G.I. means he's a fighting man. But what did G.I. originally stand for?
1: If we're talking about the doll, we're talking about genitally
0: impaired. (laughs) (laughs) Quite right. It was always sort of a throwaway thing they would say. They never, No one ever just went right to the answer.
1: And, and the format is basically, you know, they ask that question, the celebrity gives their answer whenever the serious answer finally comes right. out. And the contestant has to either agree or disagree with that answer. If they do so correctly, they get their X or that O. Mm-hmm. It's tic-tac-toe. <laughs> it, but, if, but, but if they fail they give that X or the O whatever the opponent has and they get that square for free. Oh, they didn't even have to answer the question? Nope. I don't remember because, that. Well, it's it just it's an agree or disagree, so it's a binary. Okay, right, right. okay, okay. Gotcha, wow, oh, that's but interesting. you couldn't win off of somebody getting a wrong answer. Mm. So okay. if you had three in a row and that changing to X, for example, would give you that three in a row, The, oh, missing it doesn't change anything. It just leaves that blank. because you you have have to to say it that one for the win. win. And I
0: always felt, I genuinely felt like the celebrities felt so bad for the contestants when they would, like, you know, get it wrong, and then they would agree or disagree. I guess they were coached not to lead on that they didn't really know the answer or not. I mean, that would make sense. It would be a disadvantage if they were, if there was any sort of, they always had to give the answer kind of somewhat confidently.
1: Hollywood Squares was a little unusual, in that this was a show where celebrities were provided with their questions in advance. Oh. And it was perfectly legitimate. It wasn't yeah. breaking you know, the rules on you know, rigging games and such. Okay. Because it enabled them then to craft their joke responses a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotcha. How far in advance did they get them? Uh, no, I have no idea on okay. that. It could be as little as half an hour before the show. It could be a week before. No idea. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but there's a little disclaimer that would show up on the screen that would say some celebrities were provided questions in advance, but it didn't mean such and such. You know, the, the, they, they have to do those disclaimers in order to appease the, the government. Well, yeah, because those. some celebrities
0: are just generally made for that type of response. And then others, you know, they, they may be a celebrity, but, you know, they're not an entertainer necessarily. They're just known. Like, they could be I'm a... a Like, Bob Ross could be on, like, Hollywood Squares.
1: Gilbert Gottfried was often a contestant on these things. Usually lower-level celebrities, not necessarily, our A-listers.
0: Correct, yeah. They were never, like, your Tom Cruise or anything like that.
1: Almost always gave an incorrect answer. And if the contestant agreed with him he would do, and I'm not gonna to try to imitate his voice, uh, can't do the duck quite well enough, but you fool, you fool. <laughs> I'm gonna say food. I'll disagree. Food, all right, now. Now here. Having a child.
0: I disagree. You fool. Having a child. This is rowing the Atlantic. I'm gonna agree.
4: You fool. <laughs> she went around the world, boy.
0: Perfect pitch game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree. You fool! Fool! Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, it, it's another one of those shows. It's very simple, basic. Everybody's played tic-tac-toe. And yeah. I mean, I, I, that, that concept shows up quite a number of times, I guess, in game shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was... I loved the, the fact that you know you. I, I always enjoyed game shows with celebrities. It was fun, you know.
2: Yeah, the intro was always real cool, you know, because it would introduce like each celebrity that's going to be on it that day. You know, Whoopi Goldberg, and you know, it was always like in in the center square. Yeah, it was
0: like a big deal. And I remember the first time I ever saw like the stage, like profile view, you know, like from the side, it blew my mind. It was real oh, yeah. weird, like you, because you always the just saw things. them. Yeah, you didn't know how long that box was or how yeah, big yeah. it was. You just, because you always had that front-facing Every once in a
2: while, like, if it would, like, cut to a commercial or something, it'd show, like, that different angle. Yeah, yeah, so
0: I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, that's, those celebrities could have been in danger. You never know. I mean, <laughs> there could have been an accident with those celebrities. Sometimes, you know,
2: they would, like, climb down to, like, another one or whatever, like, they interact or something. That's true. Or, like,
0: <laughs> right from one to the next. Like, like, no, be, yeah, like, get <laughs> back up in years later. The celebrities really seem to have a lot of fun with yeah. the show. And uh, that, and it showed, and it showed in the show, and I, I really enjoy that mm-hmm. show. <laughs> Mark, do you have any interesting tidbits for uh, Hollywood
1: Squares? Uh one footnote that Hollywood Squares shares in common with Match Game is that it was the subject of an experiment in the mid '80s, after the original version with Peter Marshall was gone, but before the John Davidson version started. There was a hybrid show called the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Lasted all of one season. The Hollywood Squares portion was hosted by a guy named John Bowman, who had at that time been most well known as the lead singer Bowser in the group called Sha Na It was kind of a retro 50s thing. Was not a terribly good host. Uh, Gene Rayburn, who hosted the Match Game segment, absolutely hated him. <laughs> Hollywood Squares portion was not run particularly well. They were all multiple choice questions instead of uh, open-ended. Uh, you actually could win a game just by having your opponent give an incorrect answer. It failed on a lot of important levels. I don't think that Mark Goodson, who was the producer of that version, really understood what made Hollywood Squares, which was a property from somebody else, it didn't understand what it made it work. Uh, Because it was owned by another group, uh, it's never been rerun, ever. There are rights concerns with Match Game being owned by one entity and Hollywood Squares being owned by somebody else, and it's just been very complicated.
0: Yeah, sometimes you just lose things because of copyrights and and all those types of things. They're just gone forever. Uh, Hollywood Squares, I do believe, is something that's ripe for a reboot. I I feel like that's a show. There are so many... C and D level grade celebrities these days, due to social media, even. I mean, they 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 could collect these people no problem. So I would like to see it come back. I think the last year it ran was like two or mid two thousands or something like that. So
1: it. It's, I don't even know if it was that long ago. The guy who does uh Dancing with the Stars, I'm blanking. Tom Bergeron run or something. Tom like Bergeron. That. Yeah, Bergeron. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> He hosted the most recent version. It went for a good number of years. Well, I
0: have it written down, and it could be incorrect, 98 to 2004. I feel
1: like... This uh, this book I have will not have that because uh, it doesn't have the later 2000s at all. But gotcha.
2: I feel like we always watched, uh, and I don't remember the order, which was first, which was second, but Hollywood Squares and uh, Funniest Home Videos like that.
1: Oh, Yeah. yeah they have a similar quality
0: to them i suppose let us let us first take a second i want to challenge mark i'm I'm not going to challenge him i'm going to i'm going to judge mark (laughs) funniest home
1: videos is it a game show that goes very much into what i was talking about earlier i would actually say no okay there is a prize involved i get that but the focus of the show is not really a game it's a contest you know you send in your videos and then you have no further involvement until the videos are chosen
2: he makes valid points yeah but my gut was
0: first saying yes mine too just because there was a prize like that that was my kind of you know
1: and and that's a perfectly legitimate descriptor
0: yeah
2: and you know but you know when i was saying my uh uh, like description, like if I was going to tell Logan like what a game show was, mm-hmm. and like the first thing I said was you have contestants.
0: Yeah. It's a big part of the show,
2: yeah. Submitting a video isn't quite the same as being no. a contestant so much, I don't think.
1: Not and really. you never even see the people unless they happen to be in that top two or three, and that's not even true for all yeah, episodes. Yeah, because it's
2: only then that you know, that
1: that's like the winner or whatever. I guess they would invite the, see the finalists,
0: I guess, is how they would do it. But
1: that seems to have been the case, at least back in Bob Saget's era. I don't know how long they continued that on. I don't know if they're still doing it with Alfonso Rivera.
2: I think it could be totally argued, no. But yeah,
1: <laughs> my gut at first was yes. But that's an extremely long-running and successful show, and yeah. it's cheap to do, so ABC keeps doing it.
0: Oh yeah, and when now everybody's got a camera. Like back in the Bob Saget days video cameras are a bit more of a luxury as we've mentioned before in the past Uh, but now everyone could potentially send in I I can't even imagine the candidates that they get they have to screen all the videos and I I don't want to get off on the you know too much on America's Funniest Home Videos but I always hated the ones that seemed obviously staged yeah Uh, I hated like but not everyone can look like a legitimate shot to the groin either. So, like, <laughs> which was their bread and butter. <laughs> I, if I ever saw a bat, I didn't. If a dad wasn't even in the picture, I knew he was going to lumber in at some point. Like, oh, there's a kid with a bat, and here's dad. <laughs> but it was entertaining. I have to admit, I, I enjoyed the show. Sure. Um, okay, uh, so that
1: takes us back around to you, Mark. For your number All right. three. Uh, my number three, tick tack. Doe. From Hollywood, it's everybody's game of strategy, knowledge, and fun. It's Tic
4: Tac Toe. And now here's our host, Wing Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Hollywood
2: thing. Squares without the celebrities. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> right. So this is also a Tic Tac Toe game except in this case the nine squares are categories and you would choose which category you would have a question asked you know so famous celebrities you'd say ask a question about a celebrity see if you can name it is if you the get it right the dragon? you get your yes. X. yes it no, is I and love the dragon <laughs> you add a certain amount of money to the pot so for the era i'm most familiar with which was wink martindale yeah uh, it was $200 for the perimeter squares and 300 for the center square. The center square was always a two-part question. So a little bit harder, a little bit more money. And of course, it's a strategic place in the board.
0: Mark, let me let me just have you pause for one second. This is, this, this theme has been playing in my head ever since we started the episode. And I'm wondering if this is the show that used it. When you would ask a contestant a question and they'd have a moment to think, is this the one where it would go,
1: Wow, wow, That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yes. yes, totally nailed one.
2: it, man. And you were talking about like uh, the sets and stuff. Before. Yeah, I love this set, man. Oh, it was yeah. like, like so. Was it seventies? Oh yeah. yeah. So it 70s. started in the late seventies.
1: <laughs> at least the version we know was late seventies. This is a show that actually what started back in fifty
2: six. Well, oh, because I was afraid I was going It was so seventies, and he'll be like, "Well, it was actually well, like actually, 60s. And it began
1: in the 30s <laughs> <laughs> Here's the deal. The original version, Black and White, 1950s, all that, was one of those original rigged shows oh. that Jack Barry Enright and, and Dan Enright put together. And so Jack Barry left TV entirely in disgrace for a number of years. Tic Tac Doe was when his company, Barry Enright Productions, was only just getting back. Hmm. And so they brought it back with Wink Martindale. Uh, Changed the plot a bit. That's where all the set that you know comes from. Uh, Let me see if I can get a date on this. Uh, It was 1978. It premiered on CBS and then came in syndication later that same year. It lasted in syndication far longer. It didn't last on CBS hardly at all. Can we talk about the dragon?
0: Oh, the dragon. Behind number two, what do we find? (laughs) The dragon. You you, You were doing a very excellent description of the show, and Nick and I made contact, and we're just like... The dragon. <laughs> it was awesome because it was on a video, you know? And it... Yeah, it was like a TV screen or something that uh-huh. would pop up. All right, so
2: let, why so would the dragon pop the drag. up? I
0: don't know. I don't know what dragons and tic-tac-toe have anything to do with one <laughs> another. Why not, I guess, right?
1: It could have been a gorilla for all I care.
0: Mark knows. Hush and listen to oh, Mark. Oh, oh, Teach us, Mark.
1: <laughs> if you won your game, got your tic-tac-toe three in a row, you go to play the bonus round, which is called Face the Dragon. Mm. And each of your nine squares, so they're each independently operated computers, basically, numbered one through nine on the board. And they hide various money amounts uh, ranging from 100 to 500. There are two spaces, uh, one of which says tick, one says tack. You get those two as a pair, then you automatically win. If you get money amounts that add up to a thousand or more, you win. If you find the dragon, you lose. Right. Now, this was a feature of a lot of Barry right games where there was some icon, in this case a dragon, but it was always, you know, something evil, bad, sinister, that if you found it... A then, devil, a dragon, yeah. That, then you lose your money and you don't win anything in the bonus round. But if you did get to $1,000, or if you found both Tick and Tack... You would win that money plus a prize package that was usually in the three to four thousand dollar range, which in the late seventies, early eighties, oh, yeah, fairly that's substantial. That's substantial for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. So that's so the dragon was just part of the final challenge, basically
1: the bonus round or whatever you call and it. And it got to be really, really popular, so that by the later part of Wink Martindale's run, if a contestant won. They would still go to the audience and pick out random audience members to say, okay, one of those remaining squares, which one do you think the dragon's hiding under? They called it the Dragon Finder. I didn't and know that. They playing until I, I, they found the dragon.
2: I, I kind of remember that, I think.
0: I don't remember that at all. So everybody loves seeing that dragon, I guess. It's kind of like the <laughs> yeah. whammy of its day. <laughs> I, I remember the dragon, but when we were talking about our list, I went back to YouTube and watched an episode to kind of refresh my memory a little bit about the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the instant I saw the dragon, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love the dragon. The dragon was <laughs> the best. Uh, everything else about the show is fun, and it's essentially j- it's just tic-tac-toe.
2: I think every one of these shows,
0: there was like just
2: like some standout thing for me that I loved. And yeah. Then I'm like, I don't even know. How oh, that's show- fine. But, you remember I, mean-
1: <laughs> I was talking about Blockbusters, how you couldn't actually end that game in a tie? Well, tic-tac-toe, of course, you can't the cat scheme so to speak right the way they handled that in wink martindale's version because i said they had this running pot of money that you kept adding money to is they would just leave that alone wipe the board clean come up with a new set of nine categories and keep playing until there's a winner so those pots could get pretty large Mm -hmm. this is where i have to talk about the 1990 version of Mm tic-tac-toe Which you As love. you can tell, it's awful. <laughs> I know, I was like... <laughs> the easiest game show host in history. He was painful to watch. Who was this again? Patrick Wayne, John Wayne's son. Loved oh game shows, gosh. should never have been allowed to host one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll have to try and look that up. Uh, uh, had theme music that was done by the guy who did the Pink Panther theme. Unfortunately, it was not up to his usual standards. It was a terrible-sounding theme.
4: Uh, I love that <laughs> the, theme.
1: <laughs> the regular game, if you actually ended in a tie, they would wipe the pot clean and say that the next round was worth double the money. So okay. they would start a new pot where now the values were twice as much. But the, see, the trick to that is it makes it impossible for that game to be won for this, even as much money as the other one would have been if you'd left that money there, even with double the pot. The most you could possibly do is hope to get where you would have been in terms of value. Oh. It, so they're clearly trying to save money here. Yeah. Cut rate thing. The, the, the board was all computer generated. It looked cheap. Uh, it was awful. Oh, man. They did, however, keep the dragon around for Ooh. the bonus round. But even that was tainted don't do can't do won't do if you do you'll be through
2: oh that was what i was gonna i was gonna say but was at least the dragon cool yeah <laughs> the
1: dragon was not cool oh. <laughs> the dragon was now in a different kind of board with x's and o's that you were hoping to maybe find a string of three in a row or instead of tick and tack they had what was called the dragon slayer as like a knight in shining armor oh. character and before every bonus round, they would introduce the dragon and the dragon slayer, each with his own cheesy rap. Oh, cool. I was going to joke and say, did
0: the dragon have a backwards baseball cap on? <laughs>
1: No, he would come up with some ridiculous rhyme Uh, about who he is and what he does. And this was the 90s,
0: so let's rap it. It was terrible. I'm cringing thinking about (laughs) it right now. Why did everything have to cheesy white guy rap back then? (laughs) Even the dragon. Leave the dragon alone. Oh, Mark, that's disappointing. I could have gone on without knowing
1: that. All right. Well, there I, I, has never been another version of Tic Tac Go to this day. Mm. Nineteen ninety ninety one killed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> another dead show. And you know, you would think that it would be a cheap show to produce. Bring it back, and then I guess they'll have like a CG dragon or something nowadays,
1: but <laughs>
0: voiced well, by Eddie Murphy.
1: look as bad as that one. <laughs> What's that, Mark? I'm sorry. Couldn't possibly look as bad as the CGI set oh. of the of the nineties Tic Tac Toe.
0: Yeah, they tend to do like the game shows nowadays, like pretty extravagantly. They're, they don't cheap it out. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll Nick, that. Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm looking at the time, and this has been going on for a bit. I think I'm gonna call it right here, and we're gonna just call this part one of the episode, and uh, we'll return next week with the conclusion of our list. So this we're about midway through. Okay. So does that seem okay with you, Mark? So I get I'm to fine. start. I'm You'll get to start in the next episode. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, well, Marky, thanks for showing. Uh, thanks for joining us for this episode. Always. Uh, th- this is tailor made for you. Honestly, I, I had written down <laughs> in my show like n- uh, notes for shows that I want to do in the future, and uh, I. That's when I kind of got the idea because I wanted to do a-, a board game episode, and then I was like game shows. So like I instantly penciled you in without even really knowing for sure if you'd want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tv a tv game show episode with mark oh yeah because i think you asked me if he would like to and yeah. i was like he would love that yeah well you're you're a great guest mark i really appreciate you buddy well, thank you for this week i've been your host ron avis and i'm nick Wright, and i'm mark baker Wright, and we'll see you next week see ya